Welcome, everybody, to uh, Kingdom Miller's breakfast uh, here in a sunny November day. Uh, Polly and I would like to really thank all of you uh, for your generosity throughout all of 2021. It's really been uh, an interesting couple of years, if you think about it. Uh, but all of you have been really great supporters of uh, our church uh, throughout throughout the months. Uh, presence, that's our word in 2021. And I have to tell you, it's so nice to be present with all of you this morning in person. So uh, it's really nice to uh, have all of you here, have a chance to gather and like-minded people. And, and as we get ready for our Thanksgiving offering uh, and Thanksgiving next week. So uh, very excited. So we are closing in on our 52 days of rebuilding. Uh, it ends on Thanksgiving Day. And um, as we prepare for our Thanksgiving offering, I'll go to my notes here. I just would like to take a moment and share with you what has happened in giving in our church in the past 18 months. Polly's giving me the signal. Hold the microphone closer. Okay, thank you, Polly. Uh, but let me tell you one thing. We're still here. So clap about that one. Um, we're still here standing tall, and uh, I know Pastor Jonathan has some exciting things to talk about, what we've accomplished uh, these past, this past year and, and what the future looks like. Um, so first let me say that it's no secret that giving and attendance has been down in churches across the country, and we're no different than anybody else. And for those of you that got through 2020 and um, a lot of different circumstances, but we're, we're right there with the pack. Um, a lot of people um, have been watching church online in their pajamas. I know, because we have cameras. We can actually see those pajamas you're in. Right. Um, though, those Spider-Man pajamas are really nice, but uh, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, we, <laughs> sorry. Um, I, I have those pajamas with the feet in it, but, um, but you know, we didn't even know how to do an online service. That was new. And if you, if we go back and look at some of our original online services that we're doing, we've come a long way in uh, the technology part. So at the same time, which is great. So a lot of people obviously are watching church online. Uh, some people have moved to those faraway places, like Texas and Nashville and Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where I'm from. <laughs> Nobody's moving there. Uh, but you know, more importantly, uh, many people in our in our community have basically stopped coming to church altogether, or stopped reading the Bible, or whatever it might be. It's there. People are kind of in a, a, a kind of a funk, and uh, with so many things going on you know, in society that um, I think some people have lost their way at the same time. So, uh, but those are all things that, that uh, we're, we're dealing with. So that's what the 52 Days was focused on. It's not so much about rebuilding our church, it's, it's rebuilding our community, rebuilding our own faith. Um, I have to drink more water, as Pastor Jonathan's bringing it up. We're in a, we're in a rebuilding stage. And uh, it's exciting uh, to be there. So a couple things. Back to the finances, because evidently I'm the, the finance guy. Uh, we decided, and all of you decided, uh, that we must continue our mission uh, to be a hub of hope and faith here in our community. Uh, and I've had to report that on here. There we go. <clears throat> it's actually the signal coming from the, the main auditorium. Uh, we haven't swayed from our, really our mission. Hold it up. Hello? Okay. <clears throat> okay, I'm happy to report we haven't swayed from our mission. 
Um, in fact, I was going to ask uh, Mr. William here, our barista, uh, Vision Rescue, uh, we're still helping that, that community in, in Mumbai, India. Uh, we will be sending a check at the end of the year like we did last year, and, and we have Coffee with a Cause, so I wanted William to just kind of briefly talk about Coffee with a Cause. Uh, this bag here is $10,000, and... Uh, <laughs> That's the gold version. <laughs> no, uh, Coffee with a Cause is great. Obviously, we enjoy coffee, uh, and so it makes sense. And with our, our past uh, relationship with James, who's now in San Antonio, who started coffee here uh, at the church, he is our roaster, if you didn't know. Uh, and the beans that we get from him, the beans that we use uh, every week, they are some of the best uh, out there. Um, it's not we. It's not like... Uh, we're getting, we just love James and he makes so-so beans. Um, these are some of the top beans that you can buy. And, uh, and so it's really fun for us to have that connection and then to use it for uh, this idea of coffee with a cause, um, which right now is focused on vision rescue. Um, and so just practically speaking, um, I'll break it down for you. If, if you just enjoy coffee, but you're not like maybe as excited about it as I may be, Jacob, maybe even Jacob, um, buying these bags uh, for your own coffee usage, um, it's easy to look at it like, hey, I'm buying a bag of coffee, it may be a little bit more uh, than I, I buy the cheap stuff, I don't judge, you, if you buy the cheap stuff at the grocery store, that's fine, but the key with this is one, it's money is going towards Vision Rescue, and so um, and then as a byproduct, you might actually start to enjoy what really good coffee beans taste like. Um, and then for those of you that are really excited about coffee, the practical side about it is um, you know, because you're buying or you have purchased uh, bags of coffee that are this quality at local coffee shops, and you know that you will be paying about $30 or so for a bag of coffee like that. So 20 is not bad. So those are the practical things. But it's, it's a great thing that we're excited to be able to do, a small thing um, that's just reflective of what we're doing over there at the coffee bar um, to support Vision Rescue. Very good. Thank you. So for those of you that buy cheap coffee, um, he, you, were just, you were just insulted by William. But, uh, yeah. No, it's actually great. It is really great coffee. Um, the sign to uh, my left, or your, my right, your left, uh, is welcome home. I've been coming to Newport Church for like this. Okay, <laughs> that's why I'm not on worship. <laughs> Whole speech. Um, anyway, the sign to your left, welcome home. That's been our our motto for uh, as long as I've been coming to Newport Church, which is pretty exciting. Even more exciting, and I know it was a, a, a dream of Pastor Jonathan for a long time, and many people have been involved, is we are now have a welcome home sign in Spanish. And we have a Spanish service in the community where we do food with love. And I don't want to give too much detail because we'll hear more about it this afternoon and also tomorrow. Uh, so those are exciting. We still have grief share happening. We have our kids program. But so what I'm saying is even though the, uh, the walls have been crumbling, and we're rebuilding, uh, the foundation is still standing still and firm. And, and I'm thankful to all of you who've done that. Um, so I mentioned earlier, too, we, we had to improvise and learn how to do online service. Well, we had to improvise, learn how to bring money into the church. And 
one of those things, uh, because our rent was still due, just FYI. They, during COVID, they still wanted to get paid even though we're in the building. Don't get me started on that one. Um, so we have a great building. And uh, churches love our building. And we now have, every Sunday, we have a service in English, we have a service in Spanish, and we have a service in Mandarin happening in this building. So every single Sunday, and, it, and it, it's exciting. And if there's any other languages that you guys want to add, I will go out and search those <laughs> churches. So, uh, Swahili, yes, uh, I'll be on my way um, to another continent this week. Um, we also have an academy, a college prep academy school that meets here Monday through Friday, uh, which is really exciting also. And uh, a couple weeks ago, we actually had our first wedding and reception right here in our building. Um, she was married right here in the foyer, great reception in the barn area, and very, very exciting. So we're putting our, our building to good use, and, um, and thankfully, it's really, it's, uh, our, it's been a miracle, the blessing is in the house. Um, so you might wonder, is rebuildings in full swing? Not necessarily. Um, you know, we have a ways to go to get back to where I kind of look at 2019, is we have to get back to pre-pandemic era, pre-COVID. Uh, those of you in business, that's exactly what a lot of businesses are doing right now. They're looking at 2019 as the norm. So we're, we want to get back to 2019 giving. And we'll do that, obviously, all of you understand that. Uh, and I think as you're thinking about your Thanksgiving offering, uh, you know, please keep those things in mind. We still want to rebuild and bring people into our church, into our community, um, the lives that we're, we're impacting each one of the seats each and every day. So all of you have sacrificed in giving during this time, and each of you have made a difference in the lives of people we serve in our community. So Polly and I would ask you this, as you pray and prepare for the Thanksgiving offering, take a moment to celebrate everything that we've accomplished as a church and your contribution to that. Because we've done a lot. We've done a lot. And I said earlier, we're still standing, which is pretty exciting. And uh, we're going to continue to stand and move forward and rebuild uh, way past the 52 days. We'll be rebuilding and building God's kingdom uh, until we go there eternally. So with that, I would like to again thank you all again for your generosity in the past year. Thank you in advance for your generosity in the next coming year. And now I'd like to turn it over to uh, Pastor Jonathan, who's going to um, honor, uh, if we could stand and honor Pastor Jonathan in the word. Thank you, Michael. Well, you don't need to stand. Let's give Jesus a big hand of praise. Come on. Father, I thank you for every person here today. I thank you for each and every one, every family represented. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, for the faithfulness of your people, for each and every one. And Lord, today as we, we gather as kingdom builders, people who are passionate about building your kingdom, seeing your kingdom advance, we're rebuilding the walls in our own lives, in the church, in our community. Give us grace, I pray. Lord, may you perform every promise in your word as we put you first, as we honor you. And we thank you, Lord, that you are the God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or all that we could ever imagine. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Give Jesus another big hand of praise and be seated if you would. Thank you, Michael and Polly. Uh, I want to take a moment just to thank Michael and Polly because they head up our kingdom builders and do such a great job. Um, and I know that they were here 
late into the evening yesterday and others, uh, Rosemary and others and all those that helped. Thank you for, for setting up and making this possible. Um, we, we were, you know, as you know, there were a couple of different options that you might have received information about, but we ended up here. And it was, a great, uh, it was a great outcome to be able to gather here and meet and uh, uh, eat together, break bread together. So um, I want to take uh, a moment just to talk about some of the things that we've been able to do over the year. I don't want to take too much time because tomorrow, of course, in church, we are taking time to focus on some of our initiatives, some of the things that we've been able to do. Uh, over the last 12 months, what we're going to do. And then in uh, uh, New Year in January, which, yes, the New Year is only a couple of months away, believe it or not, 2022. Uh, 2020, how many of you uh, are like me? 2021, the year that we were all looking forward to. Yeah, 2021, everything's going to change. Well, now it's 20, it it just, it went like that, didn't it? Um, So now... 2022, January, we're going to be sharing uh, some of the initiatives uh, that we are going to focus on in 2022. And our vision of our our Thanksgiving offering tomorrow is really important because it gives us, it enables us to get a read on what we're going to be able to do because provision enables us to fulfill our vision. And uh, so what we have always said is that our tithes enable us to, uh, to continue the operation of the church. Uh, our offerings over and above that, our goal is that they would be what helps us to move our vision forward. And our vision uh, can only move forward at the speed of our generosity as a church. And I want to thank you for your faithfulness, every single one of you, because as Michael said, it has been a difficult year. Um, And with the transition that we've experienced of many people that have moved out of state and many people that have been affected by uh, the events of the last 18 months, that responsibility has, uh, has landed with all of us that are here. And so your giving has been it's especially important over this period of time, and we want to thank you. Uh, and I know that God knows. Yeah, come on. God knows, God sees, and God rewards. And I want to talk a little bit about that in my message today, and I hope it will be something that encourages you. But uh, Thanksgiving offering, just some practical things before I forget. If you're a kingdom builder, Anything that you give to in your Thanksgiving offering tomorrow will go towards your kingdom builder's commitment. Di and I are making our uh, offering tomorrow and fulfilling our kingdom builder's commitment for this year. Um, don't be limited by that. You can do whatever it is that God puts on your heart and in your spirit to do. Uh, but whatever you give will go uh, towards your kingdom builder's commitment. Some may be able to do more. Some may struggle. If you do struggle and you're not able to do it, then there's no condemnation. But we want to encourage you uh, to do your very best. Let's do our best. And I'm believing God. I really have faith that we're going to be able to do something significant so that we can move out of 2021 into 2022 
from a position of strength and that God will bless you in, in the process. So I think, you know, many of the, one of the things that I do want to highlight this morning, which um, is, as Michael uh, shared, is our Spanish service, which is, I think, one of the main initiatives for next year that's going to help us to reach more people. Many of you will know over the last 10 years, we've been serving food in Santa Ana. Um, we've give, literally given millions of pounds of food over that period of time and have great credibility in the, in the, in the city. And uh, we've actually had many, many people asking us for a long time, when are you going to start a service here? When are you going to start a service here? So we, tr we, we had a service, a Spanish service here, um, but, you know, if you... The, the, it was hard to get people to come here, so we decided, okay, we're going to take the church to the people. So we are having a serv had two services once a month currently. I would love to see that service uh, move to uh, a weekly service or even bi-monthly service. Um, but Giancarlos is going to come now, and I want him to share a little bit about this because I feel it's an important expansion of our church. We live in an area where there are a lot of Spanish speakers, uh, including Giancarlos, bienvenido. And uh, he's going to share a little bit about that with us. Perfect. Oh, wow. Hola, hola. I need to speak in Spanish, I think, right? Okay. Gracias por todo. Oh, well, by the way, thank you, you guys, for being here this morning. Um, as Pastor Jonathan Michael said, this year has been a hard year, right, for all the world. But I love to share good news with you this morning because in 2021, when the world was shaking, when the world was very hard season for the world, we, uh, when everyone was at home, locked down, you know, a lot of people in Santa Ana didn't have food in their house. All the kids in their house. And we Reno, which is a pastor from Food We Love Ministry, and all the volunteers, a lot of Pastor Jonathan said we give millions of food, uh, pounds of food, right? So we carry the food. So we, we are strong people now. <laughs> so we uh, we you know everyone was in home, everything happened with COVID, but we walk house by house in Santa Ana. We I remember I, I will never forget knocking the door. And grabbing bags of food, say, this is for you. We are here for you. We are here for you. And you see all the kids are running and, and the grandmas, come on, come on. Because all, everyone was at home, right? So everyone was needing food in that time. But in that moment, too, a lot of people was broken. A lot of people was losing families in any part of South America or here in California. And I say, you know, I see, we see the necessity. And we talk to them. I connect with them. We connect with them. And we say, hey, we, we want to pray for you. We want to we pray for you. We have a spreadsheet with everyone's phone number and name. And I was calling them with the team, calling by by one, and say, we are here for you. We are Newport Church. We love you. We want to pray for you. And that was the first step. And then preaching in the street, right, like Jesus. <laughs> We're preaching in the street. We're just praying. Say, let's pray. Let's take a moment to pray. We pray. We start praying Friday for one year. For every single Friday for one year, and finally, people say, as Pastor Jonathan said, hey, we want a church. We want a church. They say, let's do it. Why not, right? 
and we started in the streets every single Friday. And finally, we opened the serv uh, our first service um, a month ago. We have 90 people on the first service. We have uh, uh, 15 to 20 people, that's 15 people that say Jesus for the first time. We are talking about people that never came to church before. They do you know what, what I love about the Newport Church? This is, people is not coming to the Spanish service because it's a famous pastor coming or a famous worship leader singing that day. It's just because they love that community. They, they're here for Jesus, for God. That's it. And for that, so we love to see most of the people, they never came to church. They don't know what to do. They're raising, they don't know what is raising their hands, singing. They don't know anything about church. We are teaching them every single Friday and now on the service to, uh, to you know, worshiping about the Bible, who is Jesus, everything. It's so beautiful to see. So we have the service on Thursday. And, uh, uh, and the family came. And the family, sorry, Pastor John, I'm taking too, too much time. Uh, 30 seconds. A family came, and the family was, you know, they were sitting in the first row, very excited. I never see them before. They are, I never seen them in the community. They hear about us. They came. The entire family was there. And we finished. Uh, they, they don't come to pick up the food on Fridays. But on Friday, they hear that we get food, too. They stopped by on Friday the next day. And she came. The mom came say, said, Carlos. The service was so beautiful. I never, I, God touched my heart. I touched my, my sister's heart. I was beautiful. I never see something like that. And you know what? We were in acoustic. We don't have a microphone right now. We didn't have a, a speaker sound. We have acoustic. I speak with my boy, by the way. Right? So everyone was just so organic, so natural, and people, so we don't need, you know, all logistics, we don't need everything, we just need love people, and, you know, and introduce people to Jesus, that's it, so I want to say thank you, because you are part of this, it's not you, we are, we are part of this, so thank you so much for everything, and the best is yet to come, we want to reach more people, so let's do it together. That's awesome. Thank you, Giancarlos. And we want, to, we want to invest into that service. We want to be able to have the resource. to. It's in a school. We have to pay the school. We have to pay a security guard. We, have to, we want to get a classroom. Remember back in the Seagastrom days? We want to get a classroom uh, for the kids and be able to take care of them and have some equipment that we can set up. So that's going to require investment, and that's really, I, I'm excited about that because there's people there that are hungry, and when people are hungry, it's amazing what, what God can do. Um, so thank you, Giancarlos, doing a great job. He's got story after story after story. I love, love Giancarlos and uh, all that he's doing. Di, come and share a little bit with us about sisterhood, and there's an event coming up, and of course, coming into next year. Let me see if I can hold this properly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is actually a very cool thing. I love here. I love home. And um, thank you, Polly and Michael, for setting up and Mummy for setting up so beautifully. And um, I was trying to take some dishes to the kitchen and Polly was mad with me. What are you doing? Go sit down. I said, this is my home. This is what I do at home. And so um, I thank God that we've got that atmosphere here that um, is not religious, it's relationship. So that's why we want to bring people into this environment. And very excited to say that we're having a sisterhood 
Christmas party on Saturday, December 4th, here in the morning, um, probably 10 o'clock. I'm making this up as I go along. I don't know. You'll, it'll, be, it'll be, you know, central sisterhood time, whenever, whatever we normally do. No kids program because we want all the girls in here and um, we don't want them, you know, having to look after kids on that day. This is just going to be special. And we're going to have a holiday shop, which is very cool. I haven't talked to Polly about this yet. But um, every time I think about engaging community, because we are not here as a church to play Christian coffee club. Honestly, I could do other things with my life. There is nothing, I don't want to sit around talking about just stuff and not reaching our world. <laughs> and so this is for us to enjoy and it's going to be, and I, I will be bringing the word, but this is a really strategic event for us to engage in our, in our community. And one thing I have learnt in uh, where we live, that people do rally around a cause and they rally around purpose. And so if they can be generous in any way over the holiday season, they want to be part of it. So if if we say there's going to be a holiday shop and all the proceeds are going to help the, uh, the teen court kids for Christmas, then it's something, hey, they get to shop, and B, proceeds go towards helping the community. So this popped out of my journal, and it's a card, an invitation card, for a, a very special event called Freedom Kids that was a half-day event planned, and here's the date, um, March the 20th. 2020 and if anyone remembers what happened that week this this got stopped and the tragedy of that is what happened to the kids in that week was they got if life isn't hard enough they're already locked down in their life because they don't have the freedom of family that they're locked down in a group home with other kids that they don't want to be with it's been very very rough on the kids or they're locked down at Orangewood and not able to do outings and just life, if it's hard for us, really hard for these kids. And so last Christmas, we planned a, a drive-through Christmas party here and the week before it got cancelled because of everything changing. We don't cancel anything. We are like rain, hail, snow, sun, Newport Church, we're here to build God's kingdom. We don't cancel but we have to work with the government because we're faith-appointed um, stewards. So this year, September, that would not work right now. December 17th, we had the privilege of hosting drive through Christmas party um, in the barn. And that is going to be very exciting for the kids. And I've already talked to Chelsea about making the cookies. And um, the beautiful thing is we, we are um, we're just at peace. You know, the Bible says one waters... Another one, um, sorry, one sows, another one waters, as long as God gets the glory. And I've got to say, I love partnering with other churches, so Eastside Church, big church in Anaheim, amazing people. They're all just like, well, what can we do? Saddleback Church, of course, we know Saddleback, what can we do? And so for us right now, what we can do is provide a home. And they love coming to our home. And so that's what we're doing. And um, if you want to be part of that, then talk to Jacob. Um, he would definitely sign you up. <laughs> but um, just thinking about how important it is for us to reach out to, for women to reach out to women and not think everyone's okay. Because a lot of times they're just not okay. 
and we can help them find hope. And sometimes people will walk into um, a home like this and not even know why they're starting to, like, cry <laughs> because it's the presence of God and um, authentic relationships because women can be actually really not nice sometimes, <laughs> not looking anywhere. But for us to have a sisterhood that's authentic is really, really special. My dad was born just before World War Two, and I was thinking about the fact that when he turned 10... It was the end, it was towards the end of World War II. What was worse, the beginning or the end? And it's like the beginning of the pandemic was really bad, but it's harder now for in some aspects. And like, when is it going to end? I don't know. But this is where the church, we, we don't quit. <laughs> We've got to keep building. And my dad, one of 11 kids, and my, my father's father passed away when my dad was 10. So my grandma, single mom, 11 kids, no stepkids, no twins, just like she had five, had a break for um, seven years and had six more. Why not? So there's two generations. Literally, my first cousin is as old as my dad. It was like, you know. And so I love family and I love mess and I love food and love, you know, the whole home thing, right? So my dad's the only person saved in my family on his side. Um, and he received Jesus at 45 years old. So... The rest of my family, are so he's only got one sibling left, my auntie Shirley, so anti-religion, not tolerant, not like, oh, you know, you have your thing, no, like anti. And here's where it all started. At Christmas time, the priest would come and knock on the door and ask my grandma for money. And she was so poor. My dad left school at 14 in order to help contribute to the family and so they're like if this is what if this is what God wants like we we need food John Carlos we need like my family needed food and yet the church came knocking and asking for money <laughs> and so we are passionate about not doing that where we go to our community and say you know donate no, no this is what we do as kingdom builders our job is to fund the kingdom of God so that we can knock on someone's door and hand them food hand them presents, give them Christmas. So, and my dad's one of the most generous people I know on planet Earth. And receiving Jesus actually blessed his life in so many ways. So thank you for your generosity. Just wanted to share a little story. So um, December 4th, girls, okay? And it'll be something so fun to bring people to. All right. Okay, thank you, Di. All right, so uh, I just want to share a few things with you, some thoughts as kingdom builders, uh, hopefully to encourage you. I'm a big believer that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, and without faith, not only is it impossible to please God, but it's impossible to lay hold of His promises. And I believe that you're here as kingdom builders because you're a people of faith. And thank you for all those who've journeyed with us in this 52 days of rebuilding, I hope it's been encouraging. I have heard a lot of great reports. We're rebuilding the walls in our own lives, in our church, in our community, and it's been, a, it's, it's been an exciting kind of a, a journey. I have, uh, I've really been enjoying it personally myself. So I was thinking about what to share with you, and of course, those of you who have been kingdom builders for a long time, we've been doing this for 
15 years now. And, uh, but there was a thought that kept coming back to me that I could not shake. And I want to share that with you today and maybe, um, no doubt, over 15 years uh, you've heard, may have heard some of this before, but I am almost positive it, you've forgotten it already because that's human nature. Uh, but but um, I, these, this is the thought that kept coming back to me. And I want to talk today about leaving a legacy through our sacrifice and faith. Think about that for a moment. Leaving a legacy through our sacrifice and faith. We're kingdom builders, and we are here because we have a vision to sow resource into the kingdom of God. We understand that the kingdom needs resource, and uh, we are leaving, as we sow that resource into the kingdom of God, we're leaving a legacy. Think about this. Every one of us is going to leave a legacy. Jesus left a legacy of life and hope and faith. Adolf Hitler left a legacy of fear and destruction. Mother Teresa left a legacy of light and hope in the midst of darkness. And if you think about it, it our legacy lasts a lot longer than it takes to create it. Think about that for a moment. We have one lifetime to create a legacy, but our legacy can live on for many, many, many lifetimes, not only in, here on earth, but also in heaven. And in order to leave a legacy, it requires sacrifice and faith. Not just the one or the other, it requires both because nothing significant can ever be built without sacrifice and faith. Try building a business without sacrifice. Try building a business without faith. Try doing anything without sacrifice and faith. It's not possible. Anything that we build in life, anything of any significance at all, requires personal sacrifice and faith. Being a parent requires sacrifice and faith, especially when your kids are teenagers. Being a Christian, a follower of Christ, requires sacrifice and faith. Being a kingdom-minded person, a disciple of Jesus, building a great life, building a great business, excelling in the talents that God's given us, all of these things require sacrifice and faith. And I, I, I read an interesting thought recently about the must of our faith. And, and it said this, central to our faith is the, is the must of sacrifice. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So if anyone would come after me, that requires faith to follow Jesus. He must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Jesus is talking about those two musts, the must of sacrifice and the must of faith. And I think many people, when they think of Christianity, think of Christianity as all sacrifice, everything you've got to give up. I know before I became a Christian, I thought, I don't want to be a Christian. I've got to give everything up if I'm a Christian. <laughs> but I didn't realize, actually, that the, the, that the faith 
that I was going to encounter the faith in, that God was going to put in my heart as I responded to Jesus was going to open up a whole world that I had ne could never have imagined. And then there are other people who are faith people who think, well, I don't need to make any sacrifice. I'm just going to believe God that God's going to do everything for me. And I think we have to, as believers, we've got to find that tension between uh, sacrifice and faith because it's both. Sometimes for some people, sacrifice is easier. For other people, faith is easier. But sacrifice and faith both work hand in hand. And although sometimes they appear to be at the opposite ends of the spectrum, they give us, they provide attention that can harness the power uh, of God's ability to bring His very best to us and through us. So they work hand in hand. So just some thoughts now that I want to share about sacrifice and faith when they work together. Number one, when sacrifice and faith work together, we leave a legacy. Anyone here want to leave a legacy? I think the older you get, the more you think about leaving a legacy. Um, Hebrews 11:4. I love this verse in the Amplified Version of the Bible, says this, By faith, Abel offered a, to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which it was testified of him that he was righteous, upright, in right standing with God, and God testified by accepting his gifts. And although he died, yet through this act of faith, he still speaks. Think about that. Abel. How long ago did Abel live? Who can tell me that? Thousands of years ago. Uh, probably 6,000 years uh, ago, Abel lived, maybe seven, and his sacrifice still speaks. His offering is still speaking in your life, in my life. And our sacrifice and our faith can speak long after we've gone out into eternity through the lives of other people. I know when Di and I came to uh, plant Newport Church and we, made, we, were, we were looking at what we were going to do, I asked myself the question, I mean, we were in a great position in Australia. There wasn't anything that was squeezing us out. But I asked myself the question, and we asked ourselves the question, how can we make, how can we maximize our lives for the sake of the gospel? How can we maximize the years that we have so that we can leave a legacy, so that we can be a part of building God's kingdom here on earth? And this story is a great encouragement to us because every one of us is going to leave a legacy that's going to speak after we're gone. And uh, this word, legacy, I love the word legacy because it comes from the Latin word legatus. And the word legatus means ambassador or uh, someone that is sent on behalf of that government to deliver a message. And the thought is that when we leave a legacy, we are sending a message to another time. We're sending a message to future generations, a representative, maybe a message of hope. As a kingdom builder, you're sending a message to future generations. Everything that we see around us, believe it or not, we've been in this building um, six years. Seems like yesterday we moved in. 
But everything that's here from our Take a Seat campaign way back in the beginning and from all that's been invested from Kingdom Builders, from people that are here, we're leaving a legacy to every new person that walks through the door, to future generations, to the church that will live on beyond my day, beyond even Dai's day and even our children's day until the Lord returns. And so we have that opportunity to leave a legacy. Um, and I think as kingdom builders, um, I want to encourage you to think about your giving and your generosity as something that is not static, it's something that's dynamic. Religion is static. Sacrifice without faith is static. That it doesn't go anywhere. It's just the, the benefit of sacrifice without faith is self-denial. And there are benefits to self-denial, especially when it comes to food. Um, but that's the only benefit. But sacrifice with faith is dynamic. Change lives. That's a, that's, that's a legacy that's dynamic. Uh, faith that our offering will leave a legacy. Faith for God to multiply the seed that we sow. I'm believing God. I'm believing God that the seed that we sow tomorrow, the seed that we sow as a church, I'm believing that, you, that, that you're going to see God actively, dynamically, supernaturally multiply that seed. And the other thing is that idea that faith stirs up, uh, that faith that our generosity will stir up other people's generosity. How many of you know that generosity is contagious? And I love Paul's message to the Corinthian church where he says, he, he, um, he says that uh, I'm boasting to the churches in Macedonia that are in uh, that you in Greece, in Corinth, were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving. So their generosity stirred up other people. Your generosity is stirring other people to generosity. Some of those great testimonies we've been seeing uh, in our services, stirring other people up to generosity. So when faith and sacrifice work together, we leave a legacy. Second thing is, when faith and sacrifice work together, we give what we do have and by faith receive what we don't have. We give what we do have, but then we receive what we don't have. If we don't give some things up, we'll never be able to step into what God has for us. So, for example, if Abraham hadn't given up Ur of the Chaldees, he wouldn't have received his inheritance in Canaan. If Abraham hadn't been prepared to sacrifice his son Isaac, he never would have stepped into the greatness of his life and calling. If Moses hadn't given up the pleasures of, and privileges of Egypt, he'd never been able to lead the nation of Israel into the promised land. If Jesus hadn't stepped out of heaven into our world, he never would have opened the door of salvation for all of us. If the disciples hadn't left their nets and followed Jesus, they never would have entered into the amazing privilege of being amongst Jesus' first followers. 
And I'll never forget, and I think some of you may have heard this story, others may not have done, but I'll never forget when we were in Sydney 16 years ago, 17 years ago maybe, God was beginning to speak to us about moving and planting the church here in, in Australia. We had everything, in, in a way, we had everything going for us. We had just built a house, we'd renovated it. It was a beautiful home that was just, you know, a five-minute walk from Dai's parents. Uh, the boys' school was just up the road. Um, and God began to speak to us about leaving that behind. And it wasn't easy. It was a difficult decision for us to make. And I can remember looking out the window. We, we built the house in such a way that upstairs our bedroom had French doors that went kind of uh, uh, L-shaped French doors leading onto a balcony. And we had a view of the Sydney Harbour Bridge and the city skyline. We used to lie in bed in the morning. I'd make die her um, mandatory two cups of tea every morning before she woke up. And we would lie in bed and we'd watch the planes flying in over the city skyline and we'd watch them coming in to land at, at Sydney Airport. And I can remember standing there looking out the window and thinking about the cost, thinking about what we were giving up and, and telling myself, you're crazy. Um, but it was like God spoke to me so clearly and he spoke to me from that passage of scripture where where Peter said to Jesus, look, we've, we've left everything to follow you. And Jesus said, anyone who gives houses, homes, or their country, or anything to follow me, and for my sake will receive a hundredfold in this life and in the life to come. And I felt like God said to me, okay, you may be letting this go, but I have so much more for you. There was sacrifice that was involved. And as I was looking out of that window, I was thinking about the sacrifice. I was thinking about what we were going to lose. But God wanted me to start to look at what we by making that step, by making that decision, by making that sacrifice. And I do have to say it's an ongoing sacrifice when you live in another country and die's parents uh, living in Australia, and of course, the last, this last season, 18 months of COVID, when we haven't been able to travel, has been an extremely difficult one. Di lost her mum, her dad has health challenges, and so that's, there's a cost. But whatever cost there is, whatever price there is that we pay in following Jesus, Jesus promises that he'll, and that's the faith that we have. We may give up some things. We may have to release some things, but God promises that he will give back to us more besides. And, and the thing is that sacrifice focuses on what sacrifice. Faith focuses what is beyond the sacrifice that's made. So that's the second, that is the second point there. Where are we? I mean, and we got a new printer, and it started printing two-sided, two, and, and I get confused with all these notes. Like, where am I? I got it. I got it. I got it. It's okay. It's okay. So when it comes to our time, you're sacrificing your time right now. When it comes to your treasure, your, your talent, your treasure, 
We're sacrificing. We're making a sacrifice. We understand that. God promises that beyond that, he will give back to us. Way sacrificing ourselves. So I love what John Maxwell said. He said, you have to give up to go up. Think about it. You've got to give up to go up. Um, so when faith and sacrifice work together, we give what we do have, but by faith we receive what we don't have. Number three, we look beyond. When faith and sacrifice work together, we look beyond the sacrifice to see the reward. And I love this. In, in Hebrews it says, even when he reached the land, God promised Abraham... He lived, uh, when, even when he reached the land God promised him, Abraham lived there by faith, for he was intense. And so did Isaac and Jacob and inherited the same promise. Listen to this. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. So Abraham was looking beyond the sacrifice. He was looking beyond the fact that he, Abraham never owned a home. He lived in a tent. The only piece of land that Abraham ever owned was the cave of Pelah where he was buried. But he received a greater inheritance than he could ever see because he looked beyond to that city that was designed and built by God. The same passage of Scripture talks about, uh, talks about Moses. Um, he says he, you know, even when he thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. So we're looking ahead to a great reward. When faith and sacrifice work together, the cycle of giving and receiving, which begins in sacrifice is completed by faith. I'm going to repeat that again. When the, the cycle of giving and receiving begins with sacrifice, but it's completed by faith. Um, and we all know uh, the, the, the uh, reality of these passages of Scripture where God's, Jesus said, give, and it will be given to you. I remember we were given a card some time ago, um, Bayless and Janet Conley, who pastor a church up here in, in Cottonwood, had come to Australia, and they were in Australia, and Di and I got to spend some time with them. We took them out to dinner and had some time sharing with them, uh, and, and they sent us a card, and I, I'll never forget that card because on that card it said they thanked us, and the card said, giving never travels in a straight line. It always travels in circles. And there's a great thought. Giving never, we often think about giving as traveling in a straight line. We, we, we give something to someone and that's where it ends. But actually, it never travels in a straight line. It always travels in circles. Because God says, give and it will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Giving is like a boomerang. The harder you throw it, the harder it's going to come back. And uh, so giving begins with sacrifice, but it's completed by faith. And I want to encourage you to really believe God. Believe God. 
whatever sacrifice you make in life, that when we do it in faith, that we have faith that God is going to return to us. And, and you know, the, our, our, um, our Thanksgiving has always had the, the, uh, the sense of sacrifice because the reality is, and I've shared this many, many times, everything we have is based on the sacrifice that Jesus made, the supreme sacrifice. And everything that we have is based on the sacrifices that previous generations have made. And uh, <laughs> if you think about it, you know, as a, as a, when you're growing up, you're not aware of the sacrifices that your parents make. But when you become a parent, you start to think, huh, it wasn't quite as easy as I thought it was. There are sacrifices that are involved. And, um, but just to know that God is faithful and that whatever sacrifice we make for the kingdom, God not only promises that it will, uh, that we're partnering with him in the greatest cause, the greatest privilege of all, but God promises that when we sow, he will multiply the seed that we sow back into our lives as well. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people who say, well, we don't give to receive. No, we don't give to receive. But I think we should give to bless others, and we should expect that God's promises would come to pass in our lives. So that God, if God says, give and it will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, I don't know about you, but I'm taking that. I'm believing that. I'm accepting it. That's not why I give. We give because that's our nature. God is a giving God. We're created in his image. But let's not, let's believe it. Let's call it in. Let's remind God. Can I encourage you this coming week after you give your kingdom builders uh, offering or your vision offering or your, your Thanksgiving offering? Let's believe, remind God. Hey, God, I'm claiming your word. I'm claiming your promises. When faith and sacrifice work together, God promises to honor the cost of our sacrifice with his reward. God promises to honor the cost of our sacrifice with his reward. I love the story of David. And there's a, David wasn't perfect, as we all know. Um, Neither are we. And David uh, did a census. He wanted to count the, the people in, in Israel. And God was displeased with him. And as a result of the census, and I'm not going to get into th a theological question of, uh, you know, I know that all sickness and all disease comes from the enemy. But sometimes we can give the enemy an opening or a foothold. And somehow that's what took place. And there was a plague, and uh, David made a sacrifice uh, after he had a conversation with God and after the plague ceased, David made a sacrifice. And I love this story because David goes to the threshing floor of a man by the name of Arauna, and there's a name for your son, Arauna. <laughs> and which became the future site of the temple. And he goes to the threshing floor of Arauna and says, I want to build an altar here to the Lord, and I want to make a sacrifice to the Lord. 
And Arauna says to him, you don't need to buy that from me. I want to give it to you. He wanted the privilege of giving it to David for this significant sacrifice. And David wouldn't have any of it. David said no. And they entered into this dialogue where David insisted that he buy that piece of land before he made the sacrifice. And this is what it says in 1 Chronicles. It's also recorded in Samuel. Then David, then King David said to Ornan, No, but I will surely buy it for the full price, for I will not take what is yours for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings with that which costs me nothing. And then it goes on to say, So David gave Ornan 600 uh, shekels of gold by weight for the place. And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. And he called on the Lord, listen to this. And, and then the Lord answered him from heaven by fire on the altar, a burnt offering. So he gives an offering and God answers by fire from heaven on the burnt offering in his approval of what he had done. But here's, here's the the, the significant thing about this story is that David insisted that he pay the full price. Why was he so insistent that he pay the full price? He was insistent because he, he knew that personal sacrifice was the key to his reward. Personal sacrifice was the key to him being rewarded by God. And he knew that that when he made that personal sacrifice, when he paid the price of the sacrifice, that God would reward that. And just in closing, it made me think of the story about the woman with the alabaster jar who anointed Jesus with the costly perfume. And Jesus, his disciples were all complaining because they said that month that could have been sold and it was very costly, could have been sold, that's a waste, could have been costly, uh, could have been sold and given to the poor. Interestingly, in Matthew's gospel, uh, Judas, who was amongst those who complained, who looked after the money, uh, who was obviously complaining as well, and maybe I imagine he was complaining probably more than anyone else, straight after that, immediately after that, in the next passage, if you read it, he went out and sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, straight after that. Matthew puts those two stories together. They, they were one followed the other. But this is what Jesus said about that woman. He said, no. He said, don't. What she did was right because she anointed me for burial. And then he, he goes on to say, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. The cost of her sacrifice left a legacy that here we are 2,000 years ago talking about it right now. So just like Abel, whose offering still speaks, her cost, the cost of her offering is still being spoken about. We can leave a legacy, not just for the people of our day, but for the people of the generations to come. And I want to encourage you, when faith and sacrifice work together, God promises to honor the cost of our sacrifice with his reward. And for each and every one of you, 
for your families, for your future. Um, I really believe that God is not only able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or imagine, but God is willing and he wants to do that. So as we collectively rebuild, putting structure back into our lives, putting structure into the church, putting structure back into our community, doing whatever we can, I pray that not only will we leave a legacy that lives on beyond our day and our generation, but that also you as an individual, you as a family will know God's amazing provision. You'll know God's blessing on your life because God promises that he will do it. And whatever we do for his sake, God promises that he will bless, breathe on, and multiply in Jesus' name. So hopefully those have been some encouraging thoughts for us. Um, as we uh, conclude our time together, but as we draw to the close of this year, thank you again for everything that you're doing. We've got lots of great things coming up. Uh, like Di said, the women are gathering, women of the house are gathering. Uh, we have our, um, my Christmas wish that's coming up soon. We've got, we're closing out our year with our volunteers. Cheers for volunteers, first Tuesday in December. A lot of great things that are happening. But thank you for being pillars in the house. Thank you for your strength and your support. We love you. We appreciate you very much. And I want to close out just by praying for you. Uh, if you would stand, I want to pray. We didn't have any prayer requests or praise reports uh, cards out. But if you have a praise report, please share it with us. Tomorrow we're going to be hearing, uh, we've got a great testimony tomorrow of someone sharing um, what God did in their life this year um, and some, another video with some of the great things that we've been doing. But uh, I want to pray for you. You know what's happening in your life. You know what's happening in your world. God knows. Let's pray now and let's believe God that he's going to do something good in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for each and every person here. Lord, you know our situation. And we commit, I commit, and we commit ourselves to you, Lord. We, we pray, Lord, that as we give our lives as an offering, that that is, that is more important than any other thing that we could do, that we present ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to you, God. Lord, I pray that faith would rise in this place for each and every person here. We thank you, Lord, that when we sow seed, that you are faithful to multiply the seed that we, we sow. We thank you that when we sow seed, Lord, that from that seed, bread can be brought to the people of our, not only our church, but our community and beyond, that we're able to make a difference because of the generosity of your people. And so today, I thank you. May you multiply. May you cause a great increase to come in each and every life. Lord, as we make sacrifices, but we do so out of a position of faith, knowing, Lord, that you are faithful 
to perform that which you promise in your word. We thank you for it. Bless each and every person here. For those that are sick, may they know your strength and your health. May you uh, cause provision to flow. May relationships be restored. And we pray, Lord, we commit this church to you, Lord. This is your church. You are the Lord of, of, of the church, but also this church. And Lord, may you have your way. May your kingdom come. May your will be done in our lives. In this church, we ask in Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. 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 Well, thank you so much for being here. Make sure you take some time. I think there's still some food. There's plenty of cakes. I had, haven't seen many of those cakes go, but you've got an opportunity to have, have some time to fellowship together. Uh, and uh, thank you so much for coming. We love you. We appreciate you. Look forward to seeing you soon.